kind of funny what a kid can, you know, pull away from an experience. We all packed in a car. They took me to a mosque. It was somewhere in Maryland or Virginia. And I just remember there was a crap ton of people at this mosque. Everybody had their cameras out. There were lights and video cameras. And everybody was huddled and screaming and yelling and holding up papers to try and get someone to sign the paper, say something to them. And it was all around one man. And he was massive. And he had the shakes. And I didn't know who this man was. And out of all the people in that crowd inside that mosque, he, for some reason, pulled me towards him. I got to be right next to him and got to see what he was looking at from his perspective, which was a sea of people and cameras and camera lights and people screaming and yelling at him, holding up Sharpies and pieces of paper. And I was really confused. hand was shaking but he was holding his own and we ended up praying all together it was Friday prayers um, and I was right next to him and then I remember him doing this magic trick where despite you know his illness you know, I was right next to him and he did this thing where he fluttered his uh, hands and he made it look like he was levitating and everyone was amazed and then we were out in a parking lot at the end of the experience and the mosque had donated a punching bag for him in his honor. I think it was his birthday, I'm not sure. And then he pulled me again out of all the people there and I was right next to him as we were kind of pretending to punch the bag. I had no idea who this man was, but I knew that um, I would have done whatever he said and that he had this aura and this presence about him um, he couldn't communicate, but his eyes and his face, there were stories in there. There was energies in there. There was wisdom in there. There was humility in there. And I felt very comfortable with him. And there was a power around him. Even though I was young, I could definitely feel that. You know, a kid knows. I am the greatest fight of all time. Of all time. Of all and it wasn't until decades later, years later, that I realized, statistically speaking, how aware it was that I even had a chance to meet Muhammad Ali. This man who I didn't know, who I randomly met that day, has shaped my life and has influenced what I'm doing today. And that's another crazy story. We interrupt the regularly scheduled narratives inundating your senses to bring you this. The Understory. I'm Mohsin Mohideen. We're happy you're here. By joining us now, you're creating a space in your day to put curiosity above fear and perspectives above conclusions. What you see about the people around you and perhaps what you see about yourself is only what's on the surface, the overstory. We invite you to discover the deeper perspectives and narratives fighting for the light, the understory. Because it's the stories you tell yourself about yourself that shapes how you treat yourself. And how you treat yourself shapes how you engage with the people and planet around you.
We all have an Ali story. That moment we can look back on and say, that changed me. It's stories like these that reshape what we know, that flip what's possible, that redefine who we are now and who we can become. But what if you had no control over your own story? What if your story was more of a series of consequences instead of a series of choices? You're a refugee. You're poor. You're a criminal. You're an illegal. You're a delinquent. Your existence is wrong, is lesser than. How would you see yourself? How would you treat yourself? Like the addicts I met at a heroin clinic in Tangier, Morocco over 10 years ago. I was a Fulbright scholar then, and it took me three tries. And when I was finally accepted, I had the chance to listen, really listen to the people who were cast aside, despised, even just overlooked and dismissed. The first thing I remember about the heroin clinic was the smell. And it was the smell and the visuals of used bandages um, thrown about the floor with blood all over them. And then in one of the operating rooms, there were two people sitting there. And they both had their arms bandaged up. And you could see a little bit of blood seeping through. And they were heroin addicts that were trying to get clean. Now the overstory here is, okay, these are two poor street kids, um, junkies, addicted, but they were actually two artists, and one of them was a mother, and who was a jazz singer, and had this beautiful, fragile, haunting voice, and she was struggling to get her career back. And the other person was a poet and a lyricist. That was the understory. We tapped into that, and it was one of these moments where I just had a laptop and my guitar, and my brother has his guitar. And we literally, without even having full understanding of one another's language, produced, wrote, and recorded a song on the laptop in that heroin clinic. And the process, not, not just the product, but the process of them creating and having a space. And that was a moment where I had this click that, oh my gosh, this is, there's something here.
Brasil. There's something here. After Morocco, I knew that there were people all over the world with stories that are richer than just the struggles and injustice they experience. I know this because I shared with you one of my favorite memories as a child. One of many stories I think positively defines me. But there are also stories that are threats. Stories that we've had to survive. Stories that I've had to survive. There are moments when I wonder how the hell am I even alive right now? My parents migrated from Kashmir a disputed territory tucked in the Himalayas in the crosshairs of India and Pakistan, two nuclear-armed rivals. I've spent many a night huddled in a bunker, listening to gunfire across the street. But there was a particular moment when I was in high school, when I was visiting family and a suicide bomber blew himself up near a car. During an otherwise peaceful night in Rajbagh, the military indiscriminately shooting at all the cars on the street, including mine, my mother, in the front seat, just calmly pulled out a Quran from the glove compartment during all the chaos and started praying. Me, I was frozen in the back, frozen with fear. We survived, but the PTSD just from that instance, coupled with the abuse I've survived, yeah, there are reasons why it's a miracle I'm speaking to you right now and you can hear my voice. While these stories shaped some of me, they are not the stories that define all of me. This is why I'm making this podcast, to move past the stories you may hear about, the quote-unquote poor refugees, illegal aliens, or dangerous criminals, and instead show you our humanity, the vibrancy within these spaces society has deemed unworthy, undeserving. In this podcast, we'll take you there, to sit in the spaces of the compassionate unseen. From a forgotten Syrian refugee camp in the Jordanian desert, to a town in Honduras shrinking from corruption, lack of opportunities, and climate change. We'll see the struggle, but more importantly, we'll hear the understory of the people in these spaces through their own words. Because everyone has an Ali story, a story that gives them joy, hope, perspective, and purpose in a world that is trying to take it away. Will you listen? The Understory is a production of MeWe International, a global nonprofit using communication and storytelling to advance the health, agency, and representation of the underrepresented. It's hosted by me, Mohsin Wahideen, the founder of MeWe International, and produced by Angela Messino. To support, sponsor, or partner with us on making this podcast, visit meweintl.org. That's M-E-W-E-I-N-T-L.org. And for my fellow Ali fans out there, if you haven't guessed, the nonprofit is a nod to my favorite Ali poem, Me, We. Along with being, well, the best boxer in the world, the GOAT, he's one of the greatest human rights activists of all time, who reclaimed control of his story, and because of that, became a great inspiration to the world and to the work that I do. Here's to you, Ali. Until next time, be gentle with yourself and one another, and remember that words and narratives are living things. Choose them wisely.